0: In this episode of the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast, I'm breaking down the things that you must say no to. That's right, you can always say yes. You gotta say no to some stuff if you wanna be successful in this industry. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast, where it's all about learning how to have your money work hard for you instead of you working hard for it. And now your host stock market coach, and options trader, Jason Brown. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, stock market coach and options trader, Jason Brown. So welcome. If you heard the last episode, you know that we talked about things that you have to say yes to. So if you want to be profitable in the stock market, you want to start learning how to have your money work for you, there are some things that you're going to have to say yes to. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Because in this episode, we're going to be breaking down the things that you need to say no to. But one of the first things that you're going to have to say no to is television. That's right. I was just reading an article with, I think the New York Times it was in they did like a survey about how much TV the average American watches. And the average American is watching about four and a half hours of television and about five hours of television if they're watching it from their DVR. So if it's on demand, they're watching even more television. And when you think about that mathematically that the average American is watching four and a half to five hours of television a night, a day, when you times that out by five days in a week, not it's not even including weekends, just if we take the work week and times that out or multiply it out, that's 25 hours that you're pouring into learning what's going on on Game of Thrones, keeping up with the Kardashian, watching Real Housewives, watching UFC wrestling. You know, who, who knows? There's so many things to watch on TV, on Netflix, on demand these days. But the bottom line is you're gonna have to say no to television. But here is why. I feel like when it comes to the stock market, we gotta treat it like little kids, right? If you just tell a little kid like don't do that, but you don't really tell the kid why, they're gonna it's a good chance that they're gonna do it again or or they're gonna resent you as a parent or as a disciplinarian because they don't, they think you may be doing it just to be mean, or they don't understand. So they're like, well, why would I listen? Or why would I follow that path? So with the, with with giving up television, I don't want you to, you know, some people think I hate the stock market, or I hate learning about new stuff, because I have to give up the stuff that I like. But here's the reason why most people don't have enough time to do all the things that they want to do. So you typically don't have time to work your full-time job, time to date or be a good husband or wife, be a good parent to your kid. You also got to throw in there working out. If you have some type of faith, you you got to throw in there studying your faith. You got to throw in there cooking, eating right, cleaning up dishes, laundry, right? So the whole, this thing goes on and on and on. There's never enough time in a day, but What happens is you have to decide how you're going to spend the time that you have. There's an old saying that goes, what's the difference between you and Oprah Winfrey, right? Or you and Michael Jordan, they all have 24 hours in a day. They just manage to use their 24 hours in a day differently. Warren Buffett chooses to use his, for example, reading, which is how he gets a lot of his knowledge, at least in the early days, about the companies that he wanted to buy And so if you're spending your time listening or watching TV, then you have to ask yourself, what am I not doing? Because there's always there's always a sacrifice. So if I'm spending my time watching TV, then what am I spending my time not doing? And obviously you can think, oh, I should be working on all this other stuff. But we're talking about the stock market and when people say they don't have time, I always say, I wish I could follow you for a day. Just hang out with you for a day or hang out with you for a week and kind of see how you're spending your time. Because if you're not where you want to be financially, or you truly want to learn how to make your money work for you, there's a good chance that you're watching television and you're just going to have to cut that out. And keep in mind, the things that we talk about is not no forever. It's no for right now. Once you get your money working for you, once you learn this industry, then you can go back to watching a little bit of television, but you do have to sacrifice that in the short run. The other thing that you're gonna have to say no to is sleep. This is a big one. People love to sleep. And I find there's two times when I don't sleep well. I don't sleep well if I'm stressed out about something and I don't sleep well if I'm excited about something. So if I'm stressed, it's like hard to sleep because I'm thinking about it. I'm dreading the next day to come. I haven't felt that way in a long time. But I remember back in the day when I just didn't know how I was going to pay for bills and different things like that. That was a different type of stress. It sucked. Uh, You you, you rarely got any sleep because your mind was just always racing about how can I you know, take care of myself or take care of this bill or this bill collector is going to call different things like that. But then on the other side, when you're excited, you know, it's like that Christmas is coming tomorrow, that type of feeling. You're like, man, I just, I can't, I can't sleep. I can't wait. I'm trying to go to sleep, but I can't sleep because I'm excited about what's going to happen tomorrow. So when I say you have to say no to sleep, uh, you know, not really because of either one of those, but those are the two times where most people typically lose sleep. But you have to say no to sleep from a standpoint of if you know you have to get all those other things done in your life, being a husband, father, you have to work a full time job, etc. Sometimes you have to go to bed a little later and get up a little earlier, right? So if you have to watch a video about how the stock market works. You have to research what stock you're going to buy at night or research it in the morning before you go to work. You're going to have to get up a little bit earlier. You're going to have to get up before the kids, before the spouse, before the rest of the household wakes up so that you can do your research and that you can get the information in. get your trades placed before the market opens so that you can buy it at a certain price. Once the stock market does open, you're going to have to do all of that beforehand. And that means you're going to have to say no to some sleep. You're going to have to go to bed later, wake up earlier, you're going to lose some sleep. But I guarantee you, once you start to see the system working, You'll start losing sleep for a different reason. That's because you're excited. You're excited to uh, you know, stay up a little later or get up a little bit earlier because you start to see the process working for you. And then later on, you can start to buy your time back. And what does that look like? Hiring a housekeeper. Maybe you don't have to work as much overtime at work anymore because it's like, hey, I got something else going on outside of this. So all I need my job for is the bare minimum, right? To put food on the table, keep a roof over our head, but I don't need it for anything extra. I am not. I don't need it to get out of debt. I don't need it to get the dream car or take the vacation because we now have the stock market paying for some of that stuff. You can start to scale back your hours at work. And so that's one of those things where it's not saying no to sleep forever, but just for a short period of time. You're gonna have to say no To material things. Now, I don't I don't know if the fellas have a big problem with this, but maybe they do. But I'm gonna pick on the ladies for a minute. But for the ladies, you know, it's gonna be no to the purses, no to the shoes. You know, maybe you don't get to buy the most expensive makeup. I've seen some of those makeup bills, and that stuff costs a fortune, right? You got three different or thirty different shades of red lipstick, but somehow each one is a different color magically. I'm not sure how that works, but You ladies always look great when you're wearing all the makeup, the lipstick, getting your hair done. But fellas, we got to give them a pass. If they say I'm not getting my hair done, I'm not buying the makeup because I'm trying to get this whole stock market thing done, then we got to give them a pass. So you're going to have to say no to the material things. For the fellas, you're going to have to say no to buying an Xbox, buying a new video game, working on your car, whatever that Is you know sometimes it's just clothes, gym shoes, it's you know, designer sunglasses, right? Putting rims on your car, putting sounds in your car, and it sounds like almost like a Debbie Downer like, man, I can't do any of the stuff that I want to do. But here's the thing it's about sacrifice. What you'll find is most people have an attitude of, I work so hard, I should be able to enjoy. This money uh, a little bit, or I should be able to buy some of the stuff that I want. And you know, the the problem with that attitude is it's more of like a delayed gratification, right? It's like yes, you should be able to enjoy some of your money, but you need to have the discipline to delay it. It's like you could play now and then pay for it later, or you can pay for it now and then you be able to play later when everybody else is work until they're 60, 70, 80 years old, or, or people that's working because they have to not because they want to. So there's nothing wrong with, with working later in life. But you want to make sure you can do it because you want to, not because you have to. And sometimes that means saying no to material things right now. Now, why why would you have to say no to those material things right now? Let's talk about that. The reason is most people don't have the money to get involved with the stock market. And when they tell me they don't have the money to get involved with the stock market or the money to buy a course or to get the education, et cetera, it's typically not that they don't have the money I like to say they don't see the value because I can walk through your house and I can see all the things you did have the money for that doesn't make you any money. The, the the expensive cable bill, the flat screen TV on the wall, all the things we just mentioned, the rims, the sounds in your car, the designer purses, the designer sunglasses, hair, makeup, nails, all this other stuff we We have money for what we want to have money for most times. And so you typically just didn't see the value in delaying gratification, saying no to the material things. You can shift that money, shift it over into a vehicle that will bring you income in, and then allow that money to pay for some of those material things versus your hard. Uh, hard work and sweat equity of, you know, going into a job every single day Instead of using that you use your investments to pay for some of those things. So again, it's no for now, but not no forever Let's talk about saying no to traditional thinking so traditional thinking If you listen to one of the previous episodes where I talked about, you know, my mother and why we don't really, I don't typically talk about money with her. And that's because she has traditional thinking. Again, nothing wrong with that. In her era, when they came up working in the plants, working in the factory, migrating from the South to the North, they had just a traditional, you know, I'm going to work hard, going to work for 40 years and retire. You're going to have to say no to traditional thinking. Traditional thinking also includes believing that the only way that you can learn about the stock market or something uh, in the financial industry is by going to school like a physical university or local community college that is traditional thinking. And non-traditional thinking, the opposite end of that is believing that, hey, I can learn from somebody I've never met on YouTube. I can learn or or buy a course from a guy that's a trader, even though he doesn't, um, you know, work for some big name bank because the big name banks aren't teaching you how it works anyway. But the traditional thinking is that you have to do business with somebody who Uh, you know, you might have to move to New York and get a job on Wall Street to get involved with the stock market, which, you know, non-traditionally now, you know, the way this thing works, as long as you got a high speed internet connection and a computer, you can get involved with the stock market no matter where you're at in the world. So you don't even have to be in any type of proximity to New York. You just need high speed internet and you need a computer but for some people that might blow their mind They'll say, oh, I don't believe that works. I don't believe there's people on YouTube or I don't believe in putting my credit card information in online. I, I want to fly to New York and meet someone personally. And it's like, OK, but I'm telling you, you're going to have to say no tra- to traditional thinking if you're the common man or the common person who's just investing one or $2,000. Listen, you're trying to buy a plane ticket to fly to New York to meet somebody. You just blew your whole investment on that little basic situation right there. And so you you gotta think outside of the box. The other thing with traditional thinking is once you start to learn how this industry works, it will challenge almost everything that you know because you've been brought up thinking, money doesn't grow on trees. Well, in this industry, you need to believe like money does grow on trees and I can log on and print some anytime that I want to, as long as I learn how it works. The other thing that is going to challenge your thinking is once you learn this industry, you'll start to realize that you, you typically do what's opposite of the news. So the news is like, the market is bad. Everything is going down. You should get out. Well, ironically, that's when you... Typically, when you should be buying, is counterintuitive. If you're thinking, "Well, everything's selling off. Why would I be buying?" Well, that's the best time to buy because you buy on a pullback. You get in some high flying stocks at a discount, etc. The opposite is when things are doing really well. You should be what we call selling into strength. So when the market's going doing well typically you should be taking some profit off the table and you should be selling because you were able to buy when things were bad and selling off. Now that things are returning to a boom or the good old days, you should be selling and taking some money off the table. But your your traditional thinking will have you saying, well, if everything's going up, why, should, why would I sell right now? I should be buying more. And that's typically when some people buy at the high and then they end up selling at the low because what happens is, when when you when you buy at the high and you think it can only go higher, well, nothing goes up forever. There's pullbacks, there's ebbs and flow to the market it doesn't just typically go straight up like a rocket that never runs out of fuel. And so you typically end up buying at the high. And then what happens is inevitably when that pullback or that sell off comes that I told you was going to come, which is why you should take profit when you're uh, when things are good, then you you can't take the pain of how far the stock is going to fall you're like i'm losing all my money and then you end up selling and then what happens is as soon as you sell the stock turns around well why because people start to buy on weakness they start to buy on that pullback or that sell off but to a traditional thinking person that's not going to make sense Why would people buy uh, when the market is bad? And then why would they be selling when it's good? That won't make sense to a traditional thinker. So you're gonna have to learn some non-traditional ways of thinking, and it's gonna challenge perhaps what you were taught in school, perhaps what you were taught by your parents. The other thing you're gonna have to say no to is fear you have to say no to fear, which means, let me put it a different way. You have to get over the fear of losing money, the fear of making the wrong decision. Those are probably the two biggest reasons that I hear keeping people from getting started. I just don't understand it. So I fear I'm going to make the wrong decision or I fear I'm going to lose all of my money. And I just thought, I think, I think about this and I think, well, what what if you lost you should ask yourself this question if you lost all your money right now what would you do the next day i just want you to pause and think about that if you lost all your money right now what would you do the next day i can tell you what i would do i would go get a job now if you already have a job chances are if you lost every dime or dollar that you have today, chances are you're going to go to work tomorrow. And when you think about it, you're already going to work. So what I'm saying is you're already living failure. Does that make sense? Like if I fail, I'm just going to go to work tomorrow and then wait for two weeks to get a paycheck and start the process all over again. So as long as you're not risking your mortgage, as long as you're not risking your car note or, or anything like that, that would be, Uh, detrimental to your family's livelihood and covering the bare necessities of food, shelter, transportation, as long as you're not putting those things at risk, which you shouldn't be as long as you're saying no to the material things, So you're taking money, your excess money and using that for investing, then you really shouldn't fear losing that money because the reality is you'll just go to work tomorrow and you'll get a paycheck in two weeks. You'll 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 wait to the end of the year to get your tax refund if you're getting a refund and life's going to go on as normal. So when you think about it, it's like, what is it exactly that you fear? And so that leads me to the the other one, which is people fear making a mistake. And so why do you fear making a mistake if you're a parent? Have you ever made a parenting mistake? Did you get over it? Did you learn from it? If you were in college, did you ever flunk a class if you're in college and you or, or went to college? flunk the class, but you still have a degree, you are proof that you can make a mistake, you can take some time off, come back, recover from it, and still obtain your goal, right? Just because you flunked the class or didn't pass one test, it didn't stop you from getting your degree, and so you are living proof that you can make a mistake, but some people put so much pressure on themselves, they're like, well, I fear I'm gonna make a mistake, so therefore, I don't do anything. Right. They get analysis paralysis. So instead of learning how not to make a mistake or embracing the mistake and saying, what do they learn from it? They do nothing. And I believe what most people are really saying is they fear looking stupid. I think people fear telling their spouse hey, I lost the money, whether it's the woman telling the man, hey, I lost the money, or the man telling the woman, because sometimes the people closest to us are the most critical. Well, I told you not to do it in the first place. You knew you had no business managing the money, or I knew you, you know, you're not an investor. And sometimes that fear comes because people don't speak life into us. They don't encourage us along the way. I bet you if people would have said, go ahead, mess it up. Tell me what you learned from it," You'd be like, oh, well, I should probably take more risk. Right. If if that's, you know, how how we feel about it in our household. But the the sometimes sadly, the opposite is true. Most people get beat up for making a mistake. And so uh, at work, when you, quote unquote, make a mistake, that's a, a write up. Right. Ooh, I need you to sign on this dotted line here. And this is going to go in your file. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been conditioned to be all uh, Fearful of a piece of paper, and typically you're like, "Well, if I get wrote up three times, I'm gonna get fired, or uh, if I get fired, I guess I won't be able to pay my bills." So that is a legitimate fear, but the point is, if you got fired, you'd probably just go apply for another job and go get on unemployment, and hopefully you get another job before you get behind in your bills, right? So the the fear. You know, there's an acronym for it called False Evidence Appearing appearing Real. And the reality is you should fear what's going to happen if I don't learn how to invest? What's going to happen if I don't take control of my financial future? Do I really believe uh, my 401k is going to be enough for me to retire? Do I really believe Social Security is going to be there for me uh, at the end of my working days? do, you know, some people don't even contribute to their 401k. So you should be fearing that versus fearing making a mistake in the stock market or fearing looking stupid. Because the reality is, if you get involved with the stock market and you make a mistake, could you ever really look any more stupid than a person who is not even involved in the stock market at all? Like you at least opened account, bought a stock possibly researched it and maybe it didn't work out. So who who who's actually judging you that you're looking stupid when they're not even involved in the game? You're on a whole different playing field. It's it's kinda like the NBA finals or something or or the World Cup which is going on right now. Could you like if you get to the finals and you lose, did you really lose or or look stupid versus there's teams that even didn't even make it that far. And then there's people sitting in the stands who don't even play in the professional league. They haven't even gotten that far. So who who cares what their opinion or their thought is? So I want you to think about what you truly fear and what you really should be fearing because you should be fearing not getting in the game. You should be fearing not knowing how you're going to retire. You should be fearing all that as far as the unknown versus fearing. What if you make a mistake? What if you lose all your money? The other thing you're going to have to say no to is greed. We have a tendency in the stock market to get greedy, just humans. in in, in general, you start making a little bit of money and then you start risking even more money or you start placing trades you shouldn't be placing or you stay in the trade longer than you should. You don't get out When you're supposed to, you start breaking your rules, and 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 I'm no exception to this. I fell victim to greed a few times. But you're gonna have to say no to greed. And also greed shows up in the form of like we talked about not saying no to material things, not saying no to sleep or television. That's also a form of greed. You're like, well, I'm greedy, I'm not letting that stuff go because I still want all of those things. However, over here, you're saying, I also want financial success, financial freedom. I also want my money to work for me. So you're going to have to not be greedy and sacrifice some of the things that you either currently have or short term that you want for some of the things that you want longer term and to experience what you thought was great right now to be experiencing on a whole nother level when you don't have to worry about taking off work or you don't have to worry about do we have enough money to pay for this vacation, etc. I guess I would say this is the final one. I'm sure there's more, but these are the ones that I wanted to talk to you about. But the final one is you're going to have to say no to credit card debt And this is a big one. This is a big problem for people. And I think it kind of encompasses everything that we talked about, right? Saying no to your television, saying no to sleep, saying no to material things. If you're not saying no to those things, and you just have to have it and you can't afford it, you're typically going out and you're putting it on a credit card. You're racking up the credit card for Christmas. You're racking it up for birthdays. We talked about shopping with the material things. You're racking up the credit card debt to fix up your car or or, or look good for this party that's coming up. And what happens when you have credit card debt and you don't have your personal finances in place, which that's a whole nother episode we could talk about, But what happens when you don't have your personal finances in place is you do not have the room to make a mistake. So that's why that fear and that greed also creeps in that we just talked about, because you fear losing all your money because you're thinking, what? Oh, I could have paid a bill with that. Uh, When you are making money in the stock market, you don't take your profits because you think I need a little bit more so I could pay off these bills that I created. Or you need more money so that you can go shopping so you can just blow it but that credit card debt is 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 really like keeping most people a slave to the credit card owners you're making minimum monthly payments you're getting charged interest on those payments so you're paying you're paying sometimes twice as much for the same product and it's keeping you from investing and then even if you do start to invest it typically keeps you it keeps your mentality a slave because you're scared to take risks because you quote unquote can't afford to take risks. That's one of the most saddest situations or comments that I hear from people is that I can't afford to take risks. Meaning like I can't afford like, yes, I can make money if this goes right, but I can't afford to lose $500, $1,000. And I think, well, well, what do you have in your life that you are that you owe on every month that you cannot afford to take five hundred to a thousand dollars worth of risk, and if you break it down, it's typically a television, it's typically a high cable bill, it's typically clothes, credit card debt, it's typically you know all of those things. And then we kind of justify, well, I had to do this for the kids, or they have to have a TV to watch, or, you know, I had to get those gifts for Christmas, etc. And I'm thinking, hmm, like, is there any kids who ever survived without a TV for like six months to a year, right? Is there any family member that just totally stopped talking to you because you didn't get them a gift for Christmas? Like they just said, that's it. Not coming over to your house anymore. Don't even call me on December 26th because you didn't get us a gift. Right. So the reality is, it's kind of ludicrous. I think it's just the things that we tell ourselves so that we feel good about the poor financial decisions that we make or the decisions that we make that don't allow us to get involved with the stock market. We make all these excuses. But the big one is credit card debt. It keeps you a slave from taking opportunity it keeps you a slave from mentally being able to take risk and be okay with what happens with the risk, good or bad because you don't owe anybody. I can tell you that's one of the most I used to be in I used to be in a ton of credit card debt. Let me just first say that. I remember I think I owed something like at my peak probably thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt. I'm not 100% sure it might have been 25000 but for whatever reason, the number $30,000 comes to my to my mind. And I remember when the creditors would call me and I just got to a point where it's like, I don't have it. So I was like, we you you can, at first you're like, you know, there's this phase you go through. You're like, oh, I just don't want to be late on my payments. Then you're late on one payment. Then you go 30, 60, 90 days. And once they hit your credit report, you just, I just remember being into a point where I was just like, look, I don't have it. I don't know what to tell you, I, and it felt horrible. People calling me, asking me for you know when you're gonna have it. What can you do to pay us and etc. And it just it felt so bad. But on the on the on the opposite side now, it feels so good not to owe anybody. It feels so good to answer every phone call. It's typically, somebody trying to sell me something at this point because they're not calling because I owe them anything. And but more importantly. It's the swag, it's the confidence that you have about taking risks. The the, the confidence I have now about taking risks knowing that I keep my lifestyle below the amount of income that we bring in every single month, it just allows me to take way more calculated risks. And then if the risks don't work out, well, we're okay, because we don't know anybody and we don't live beyond our means. So those are some of the things that you really need to, pay attention to and ask yourself am i saying no to television am i saying no to sleep am i saying no to material things am i saying no to traditional thinking am i saying no to fear no to greed am i saying no to credit card debt which inevitably means you're going to have to say no to some friends no to some family members no to some outings no to some birthdays no to some christmas gifts no to Uh, not wearing a new outfit to the summer party or buying a new bathing suit, right? And sometimes that's tough because you're saying no to the list that we talked about, but it really means you're saying no to people, to life, to some of the things you want to do, but just know that you're saying no for a short period of time, not no forever. And then you'll be able to say yes to some things like you've never been able to say yes to some things before. You're gonna be able to say yes to the vacation, yes to the dream car, yes to the dream house, yes to getting the television and all the things you wanted, but paying cash for it. Or if if you're like me, I actually put everything on a credit card turn around and pay it off because I just rack up the rewards points. Right? So you're going to be able to say yes to using your credit card to get paid from them now versus you being a slave to them and always owing them some money because you're going to have your money working for you. So uh, make sure you're taking inventory of your life. Think about the last episode. What are you saying yes to? Are you saying yes to the things that's going to get you to where you want to be? And then are you saying no to the things that you need to say no to so that you can progress and move forward with this whole investing thing? So thanks for listening. I'm Jason Brown, your host. And again, if you want to partner with myself, with the hundreds of other members who are making this stocks and option money work for you thing happen for them, then feel free to swing over to Power Trades University. Check out our courses. You know, we have the foundations course, which is gonna teach you how the stock market works, how to read stock charts. Then we got the options explained course, which is gonna teach you how to take a small amount of money. Options is what allowed me to take $500. And then eventually that $10,000 student loan and it into a six figure trading account and now multiple six figure trading accounts. But it was the options that was the key difference in allowing me to leverage my time and my money. And then we got our advanced options course over there. And then more importantly, in our membership, where you can pick up uh, all the courses, but in our membership is where you get to network with myself, the other traders, you get to see the trades we're looking at, what we're buying, what we're selling, when we're getting in, when we're getting out, I show you everything that I'm looking at, you can see our track record of stock picks, option strategies, see our win loss ratio in there. And so I encourage you if you're looking to hook your wagon or hook your, um, you know, whatever, if you're looking to hook up basically to someone who's already doing it, who's already going uh, in the direction that you want to go in. Uh, I encourage you to check out Power Trades University because that's what you'd be doing. You'd just be hooking your caboose up to our train that's already on the stock market railroad track that's already trading options that's already pulling in profits that's already already navigating the fear, the greed, and the chart reading and all the stuff that you're gonna have to learn if you're gonna be successful in this industry. so hopefully I'll see you over at Power Trades University. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Money, Markets, and Mindset podcast. We hope this episode has been educational and inspirational. To learn more about how to have your money work for you inside the stock market, visit www.thebrownreport.com.